Behind schedule, class starting in 20 minutes on the other side of campus, a student rushes along. He's passing other students lingering on the sidewalks, sharing pictures, or reading articles on their phones. A ping from his own. He's, his steps slow down. He pulls out his phone and checks, hoping for a message from a friend. Instead, he sees a notification from his email account, a confirmation regarding a password change. That can't be right. He goes to log into the mobile app, and sure enough, no access. Whatever is happening, he needs to change his password back quick. He initiates the process. An email is sent to him, which he opens. It loads, and the student is greeted by an alert, stating he's been locked out. This happens sometimes, but in that instance, it's an annoyance. He goes to log in, but his password doesn't work. Forgetting about class, he runs to the computer lab and tries to log into his school account, and he's locked out. His passwords have all been changed, and he's left disconnected. Keep listening to find out what happens to this student and his accounts. Welcome to the pilot episode of Cybernautics. This is a student-run and student-led podcast out of the University of New Haven, focusing on cybersecurity, hacking, and computer science. I'm your host, CyberSci. I'm a student here, and I also work in incident response and cybersecurity education. Today, we'll be taking a deep dive into password leaks. Before we get too far ahead, two things to know. First, a disclaimer. We do not encourage or promote any illegal hacking or actions of any kind. Second thing to know, there are different types of hackers. I'll be talking from the point of view of ethical hackers or white hats, but we'll discuss malicious hackers or black hats when going into specific cases. In this segment, we're going to be talking about some legal cases and ethical hacking as a whole. So ethical hacking, what is it and what can you do? Well, Ethical hacking is when you have permission to actually go into somebody's system, whether it's a company, a person's, and you are able to actually assess whether or not they have anything wrong with their systems, if they have any vulnerabilities. So security assessments are crucial today, as cyber attacks are growing more complex and intricate. Businesses need to adapt in order to secure their data, and so do people. Ethical hacking is becoming a requirement of the modern business. A good example of this is a case that recently happened in Connecticut. There was ransomware that got out into Walcott, Wallingford, Pomfret, and New Haven public school systems, where they ended up with a ransom attack between 2018 and 2019 school years. Ransomware is a type of malicious software designed to block access to a computer system until a sum of money is paid. And just so you have a brief understanding of what happened to these schools, the attack on the New Haven public school system did not compromise student information, but did end up leaving the school needing to restore the district's network. In Wallingford, the school's breach led to the limited number of students' information getting leaked, including dates of birth, names, and email addresses. And in Walcott Public Schools, this leak led to locking down of internal files, but student data was not compromised. What happened to the student at the beginning of this episode? Well, nothing. That was a story, but it's based off very possible situations. Specifically, what would happen if your passwords were leaked to a malicious actor? Well, this happened recently when an email went out to our students here at the University of New Haven regarding a password leak affecting Chegg accounts. Chegg is an American education technology company with over 3 million subscribers. Students usually utilize this site for tutoring, digital and physical copies of textbooks, and other student services. In April of 2018, Chegg had a data breach which revealed usernames and passwords for thousands of subscribers. UNH students may have been among these leaked accounts. 
In order to learn more about what it means to have your passwords leaked, I have my co-host for today, Dr. Vahid Bazidin. Vahid is an assistant professor of computer science and data science and the director of the Secure and Assured Intelligence Learning Sale Lab at our university. He has more than 15 years of professional experience in cybersecurity and has been a speaker at numerous national and international cybersecurity conferences, including Black Hat and DEF CON. Hello, Vahid. Sorry, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Thank you for coming. I'm very excited that we're starting off with you today, so I hope that you're equally excited to be on. Or even more. Probably more. Uh, so you know that we're talking today about password leaks, right? Yeah, yeah, I heard. <laughs> so it is an issue. It's a big issue. Shall we talk about the recent incident that might have affected some of our students? I think we should. So uh, the Chegg leak happened a while ago. It happened originally in 2018, but we're just now hearing about it. Do you think this could still be affecting our students? Well, it depends. Based on my experience, yes, it is still affecting our students. Why? Well, the number one reason here is because most of our students, just like most of the human population, reuse passwords. What does that mean? Well, they use the same password for their email account. They use the same password for their uh, student account. They use the same password for their banking account. And this is not a good idea. You can definitely see why. Mm -hmm. Because, well, if your password for check is the same as your password for your banking account, if one is leaked, the other is known. Yeah. So earlier in the podcast, we had a story about a student, and he found that his bank account password was changed, and then he was locked out of his student account. Is this something that could actually happen to a student? Very much so. And I've actually heard of similar incidents happening not here at UNH, but in business settings where uh, leaked passwords from uh, the famous LinkedIn Leak were actually used to hack into people's Facebook accounts, Gmail accounts, banking accounts, and other examples. So yes, that's that's a very realistic example. Okay. So do password leaks happen often? As a matter of fact, yes, they do happen very often. Uh, we don't get to hear uh, a lot of the password a lot of the cases for a password leak because not all password leaks happen to major websites. When it does happen to a major website, we do get to hear about it, but not necessarily in a timely manner. Here's the problem. The password leak for Check happened in 2018. Yes. And when was the announcement sent out? September 2019. Do you see the problem here? Yeah. So the attackers, people who've managed to gain access to the password data set. They have had a year to exploit what they've found, essentially the passwords. And our students just learned about this. So yes, it is a problem, it is a danger, and it happens very often. So if students reuse their passwords, it's probably because they're trying to remember it, right? We all have hundreds of accounts at this point. So would you recommend just changing a few things about that password or making a whole new password or set of them? Well, my recommendation is very different from all of these options. Use Ooh. a password manager. Instead of 
just changing the last digit in your password or the last character, last uh, symbol in your password, you can use a completely random password. You don't even need to remember it. You can use software suits like password managers to generate and store the password for you. Uh, I highly recommend that our listeners at least check out password managers and see what they're capable of, how they help them, and experience how easy it is to integrate password managers into their everyday lives. Do you have any that you'd recommend looking into? I don't want to do any uh, commercial advertisement or endorsement here, but there will be a few in the podcast notes. Um, Again, those are not my official recommendations. Got it. So are password leaks separate from other data leaks or are they usually together at the same time? Um, well, I'm going to get a little technical here. I really hope that our audience bears with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing. When you store a password in a database, usually that database does not just include usernames and passwords. There are other account information. It may be your address, email address, credit card information, social security number. And you know that you can change your password, but you can't change your social security number. That's why the Equifax breach was so explosive and so damaging to the security of US citizens. That said, passwords are typically stored in databases as encrypted strings of characters. They're not necessarily easily readable. So an attacker needs to decrypt those scripts to access them. However, many of the encryption algorithms applied in, uh, applied in databases are not that secured, are not that strong. It's really easy to decrypt, for example, an MD5 password. So you shouldn't always trust a vendor. You shouldn't always trust a company that even, even if they claim they are encrypting your passwords and storing encrypted passwords, it's not necessarily very secure. It can be very easy for an attacker to decrypt your password. Okay. And just for some of our non-technical listeners out there, MD5 hashes can be broken by open source software, right? There's open source, which means free software that you can download. If you have the hash, you can plug it in, and it will decrypt it for you, right? Yes. So what would you suggest as a strong password? What how do we come up with stronger passwords? Number one recommendation, don't come up with your own password. Use a random password. Use a password manager to generate a random password for you. I believe that Google Chrome recently has added that functionality to the browser. So whenever you're registering uh, on a website, it does recommend to create your own random password and it stores it for you. However, there are caveats with that. Storing passwords in browsers is also not a good idea. We'll come to it. If you have to, if you if you absolutely have to come up with your own password, use a combination of characters, numbers, and symbols. Uh, try to make it as long as possible. If you have to memorize it, you can use words that are memorable, but only to you, not to everyone. Don't use words that are easy to guess, like your last name and your first name and then your date of birth. This is, <laughs> this is actually a very common combination. Uh, use long numbers, not just four digits, uh, 
in the in your year of birth, but I don't know. Maybe the first five numbers in your cell number, and definitely use symbols. Definitely use symbols. So I'm hearing a lot of not using personal identifiable information in your passwords. Um, I'm going to guess that you'd recommend the same for usernames and stuff like that to keep personal information out of those. In general, yes. But in many cases, you don't have much control over your usernames. For example, I'm not actually entirely sure about that, but employ employees here at the university don't get to choose their username. It's assigned yeah. to them. I believe it's the same in many other institutions and organizations and companies. Mm -hmm. However, if you have the option, try to make the username as obscure as possible. Okay. And... We talked briefly about uh, saving your password into a browser. You said we'd get back to that. So could you explain why that's such a bad idea? Well, if somebody else gets access to your browser, they have access to all of your accounts because your passwords are already saved there. That's right? true, yeah. And uh, I remember two or three years ago, it was really easy to copy the file where the passwords were stored and transfer the profile saved in... Chrome, for example, or Firefox, to another computer, to a completely different user account, mm. and then still uh, user's credentials that way. So saving passwords in browsers is not very secure. You shouldn't trust your browsers just yet. We've got to give, it, give some time to those experts who are developing browsers to catch up with the security threats in this domain. Okay. And... What would you say are the top five worst habits people have regarding passwords? Uh, that's a tough question. How can I prioritize so many horrible habits? <laughs> so uh, the first one, using short passwords. Mm -hmm. Like the word password, like just your last name. The second one, uh, using known words, common words as your password. See, a lot of the attackers are already familiar with a very, very basic technique known as brute forcing. So attackers uh, who have access to the login interface of a system or a website can just try all possible combinations until they find your password. Typically, the initial tries are based on dictionaries, dictionaries of words or dictionaries of known passwords just to reduce the time to find the password. So if your password is common in one of those dictionaries, it's going to be very easy for attackers to figure it out through the brute force mechanism. Um, let me see, what else? Sharing your password. That's a very common mistake. Do you want to give access to your Netflix account? Don't share your password. Why? Because you don't know how they're going to store your password, where they're going to store your password, and so on. Don't write your password on a piece of paper or a sticky note and leave it on your desk during weekends. Mm -hmm. What else? Do not reuse passwords. That's probably one of the, one of the more uh, damaging behavior that's very common among people. Uh, people. As you mentioned, Sai, people usually have hundreds of accounts, so mm -hmm. they have to reuse passwords. Is that true? No, not necessarily. If you use password managers, 
You don't have to remember your passwords. All you have to do is to use the password manager, maybe a plugin in your browser, and it takes care of it for you. It creates a random password, totally different from other passwords that it had created for other accounts. And uh, whenever you want to log in, it just remembers what the password is and plugs it in for you. Yeah, okay. So that's a good point. You mentioned password managers a few times. Now, in most cases, do you have to log into a password manager? Hmm. It depends. It depends. I don't have a comment on that. Okay. So for just for our listeners, if you do have to f log into a password manager that you decide you like, keep in mind the tips we've talked about today in order to make sure that that password is strong enough to hold up against anybody who may want to get in. That way, the rest of your passwords still stay secure. But it's all going to depend on what password manager you guys look for. And like we mentioned before, those uh, a few links and some references may be in the materials for this podcast. And none are specifically recommended or not recommended. It's up to you to do your research and decide what's best for you. So that's all of my questions for today. Thanks for coming in again. Do you have any final comments for our listeners? Well, thank you very much for having me. This being the pilot episode, my final comment is follow uh, Cybernautics on social, in social media. Yes. Follow the news regarding our activities, especially if you are at the University of New Haven. Follow the activities of the Hacking Club and the Hacking Team. And get in touch with us if you'd like to learn more about cybersecurity, if you'd like to learn more about hacking techniques. If you're just curious, it's okay. Just come by on come by and uh, attend a few of our meetings and stay safe out there. Thank you, Vahid. For the rest of the semester, our meetings are Sundays in Maxi 218. So anybody who is interested in stopping by for a hacking team or hacking club meeting, please stop by in that hall. It is at 6 p.m. on Sundays. Otherwise, feel free to, as he mentioned, follow Cybernautics on social media. We have a Twitter account. We're going to have a Facebook page, and all of this will be referenced in our uh, blog posts and in the podcast notes. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us for this pilot episode. I just want to make sure that you tune in next time, where the Cybernautics team will strive to navigate you safely through the depths of the Internet. Cybernautics is brought to you by the University of New Haven. Our executive director is Matt Major. Our social media directors are Andy Tillman and Gabby Good. Our faculty advisor and co-host for this evening was Dr. Vahid Bezadan. And the host is myself, Cytisis Eurydice. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>